There's a valley in Spain called Harama. It's a place that He's we moved. all know so well. Well, give it up again for Anderson Jake. Hot damn America. Jake Flores, 2024. You're here to hear first. That is so exciting. That is, I, I'm, I'm thinking about giving electoral politics another shot now. I'm, I'm just, I'm vibing off of that speech. Guys, seriously, as soon as you leave here, register to vote. Yeah. It's so yeah. important. Yeah. Because, like he said, we, we've one thing we've been needing in this country is another 9/11. Yes. We need to, we need to bring people together again. This is being recorded, right? Him. We just him need to bring, that. bring, bring the country together again. You know, unite us under. One thing. Yeah, and give Rudy Giuliani something farthing. to do. <laughs> well, thank you again to Anders Lee, Jake Flores, and Nathan J. Robinson, who that really was. Yeah, who that actually was. Because I, I don't know if you know this, but Anders doesn't wear glasses. So that's how you know that's, that was real. Uh, up next, we have a podcast that actually includes my husband. Podcast. So. Yeah. I, I, I also have, a, I also have a, a, a bad review from this podcast. Um, uh, Liberty or Death by Bucktooth Hick. <laughs> One out of five stars. Bring it on! Exclamation mark. That's what he said? <laughs> yep, that's the, that's the one out of five review for the, for the Antifada. <laughs> Can you cut the music? Cut the music. Cut it. Cut that shit. Folks, folks, change of plans tonight. Andy and I have a change of, change of plans. You all came here looking for a uh, live podcast set or whatever. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Just big sorries all around. That's not happening. In fact, uh, tonight we're going to announce a very important announcement that... Uh, the Antifada podcast is no more. It's canceled, and yeah. in lieu of that... Some people don't sound that disappointed, but that's good. That's good. We did some good work in our day. We are going to be moving on tonight. We are going to be doing something far more important in this time of crisis and chaos. Yeah, we, you know, we started the podcast to further the class struggle, yep. and maybe we did a little bit, but, yeah, you know... Touch here and there. Like six years after we started it, I, we reevaluated things. We did a struggle session, and we decided that it wasn't furthering the class struggle anymore. So we're liquidating the show. Liquidated. And, um, and so now we are rebranding as something much better, a revolutionary group hustle called the Bordigist Organization for Neo-Ultra-Left Revolution. That's right, folks. Woo, give it up for Boner. Thank you. Just so you know, long-time listeners of the pod, your Patreon subscriptions will carry over. Trust. And you can join us. We've got our cadre here, and they'll, they're going to hand out something very exciting for everyone. The real Marxists in the room are going to love this. You We're didn't doing think you'd be getting a manifesto tonight. But an old-school Marxist intervention. An intervention, folks. For uh, those of you who don't know, those of you ha who haven't been to the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, or 17th Party Congress, you haven't been to the left forum, to various panels, you haven't been... A lot of you probably have not been. <laughs> you, 
You haven't been to a single room in which a Trotskyist is in. An intervention is when two guys who have read way too much bullshit theory come into a situation and tell you, you are the problem. You, you're the problem. All right, here's our polemic. We're going to read it for you now. Yeah, we got a polemic for you. This is for you. Uh, You want to start us off? Yeah, sure. This is called The Decline and Fall of the Spectacle Podcast Economy and the Crisis of Political Leadership in the Formation and Development of the Dirtbag Left. Shall I take it away? Please. All right. On August 4th, 2023, for a couple of hours in the afternoon, approximately 65,000 working-class youth took over Union Square in open defiance of the banal metropolis's flow of commuters, traffic, commerce, and free hugs. The militant lumpen proletariat jammed traffic, lit off fireworks, looted stores, overwhelmed upscale restaurants, defaced monuments, and helped themselves to the organic tomatillos, heirloom cauliflower, bitter melon, and shelled beans of all kinds at the Norwich Farm Stand at the Union Square Farmer's Market. Upon arrival, police were almost immediately overwhelmed when a local construction site was looted for weapons. Shovels, pickaxes, you know, you know where we're going. So I I did the math on this, and in terms of time, geographic space, and participation, this flash mob was one of the most concentrated and important proletarian riots in the history of the world. The world. Uh, It heralds a new era of revolutionary struggle, and it was called by a fellow new media personality, just like us. Oh, but it wasn't Hassan Piker. No. It wasn't Haas. It wasn't Chris Hayes or whoever your fave is. No, it was Kai Sinet. He's a totally apolitical streamer. Now, ask yourself, could your bread tube or dirtbag left fave command such a ferocious mob? Of course not. Nobody would listen to them. It is pretty safe to say that the leftist podcaster is the most universally despised creature in the U.S. today, apart, of course, from the policeman or the priest. (laughs) But the reasons for which he is despised are often false reasons, reflecting the dominant ideology, whereas the reasons for which he is justifiably despised, from a revolutionary standpoint, remain repressed and unavowed. Tonight... We are going to use this live podcast performance to denounce them one by one. Our suppression of alienation will necessarily follow the same path as alienation. While the vast majority of podcast listeners prefer the sanguine titillation of true crime, the perverse juissance of neo-shock jocks like Cumtown, or the goonish, ghoulish foaming of a podcast about engineering disasters with slides... A small base of stupefied leftist listeners still cling to the Sanders-era political podcast form, which has become, like the militant newspapers of old, little more than boring media commodities in conversation only with one another and their dwindling supply of aging, befuddled millennial listeners. (laughs) Today, so-called revolutionary podcasts do not wish to see a world self-governed by autonomous workers' councils. Oh, no, far from it. 
They share the rural nostalgia of the agricultural petty bourgeoisie. Yes, podcasters are basically farmers. They exist to farm patrons and tithe 12% of their crop to the Patreon platform. But as revolutionaries, we do not seek to collect a cornucopia of scallions, garlic, leeks, artichoke, beets, carrots, celery, celery root, fennel, arugula, collards, kale, chard, broccoli, dandelion, mustard, bok choy, purslane, spinach, herbs, kohlrabi, microgreens, pea shoots, lettuce, okra, parsley, Potatoes, radicchio, radish, and sunchokes, or any of the other delicious organic vegetables available at the Union Square Farmer's Market, (laughs) or its many CSA pickup locations throughout the Triborough area, including at Woodbine in Ridgewood, Queens. We seek instead to cultivate militants determined determined to to abolish class society. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we are in New York, and uh, fantastic experience being here for the first time. Yeah, I, welcome. I, thank you. Uh, I was a little disappointed. Um, nobody was mean to me. Mm. In that. fact, everybody was extremely nice. This is like the nicest, literally the nicest city I've been to. It's just people are loud about it. Yeah. 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 They're, they're just yelling at you, but what they're saying is usually helpful. Right. <laughs> Take a left on Broadway. <laughs> Even watch where you're going is technically helpful. It yeah. Is. You should yeah, watch yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. going. You should. Yeah. People, people aren't really particularly mean here. They're not California nice or like Midwest nice. Well, that's the whole thing. And I realize it is so true because, like, you know, the, 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 rep, rep, it's like you got supposed to be rude and kind of blunt and like that, but everyone's so pleasant here. Where like in California, everyone's like fake nice, but they're being so rude about being nice. Totally. Here they're just they're just that's it. That's information. That's it. Done. Thank you. Goodbye. And Not and even out. thank you. Goodbye. You don't need any of that. It's done. And everyone's been so pleasant. And that's, like if you ask one person, you're gonna get several answers within earshot. And they're all they're all good. They're all good and helpful. Anthropologists who've studied this city back in the 20th century. You know, this whole concept that New Yorkers are really rude or whatever is just brusqueness, basically. Like yeah. you're, you know, thrown together with 8 million people in a city. Everyone's trying to get somewhere at the same time. And yeah, like, there's like it, a everybody social... is doing something. Like that's, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. everybody's doing something. And I feel like, you know, just from my cursory experience, like if you live in a city like this with this many fucking people and also that just has this many places and everybody, you know, is trying to make a living or whatever, I think it's like, helpful i think it's like beneficial for your mind and body because it forces you to like take a certain amount of agency over your life and also you have to interact with other people Mm -hmm. around you you know uh whether you like it or not i think it's just like a healthy mode of development like i come over here and i'm like i'm like hell yeah i think every i think i'm on the same same like energy level as everybody here whereas seattle you got to kind of like yell at people to get them to even make eye contact with you seattle drivers are terrible I drove in Seattle. You guys are dog shit at driving. That's right. I got a big brown truck that scares everybody away. Well, there you go. That's smart. The problem is they're too passive when they drive. Like, in New York, everyone's driving like a mad person, but, like, there's kind of, like, a flow to things. You know, you're driving fast and cutting people off, but everybody else is doing that at the same time, so it kind of works. 
You know? Yeah, Seattle, Seattle drivers, it's like it's not just passive aggressive. It's like a combination of passive aggressiveness and aggressiveness, mm. which I know is already passive aggressive. But it's like at a four-way stop, they'll just never stop. And they'll just keep rolling at like one oh, mile an hour into the intersection. I'm like, bitch, you're going, go. Yeah. Like, but they, but they don't. So you have to either like make people, people do the right thing. A lot of times, this this actually kind of opened my eyes to I think why um, there's not like a, a national effort to make public transit better. I think the public transit is so good here that it does get everybody into a tube and like the 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 because you know people have this false sense of class where they think that because they make a little more money, they're higher than everyone else. But here you're always, everyone's in that tube unless you're in a helicopter and it's them who it's <laughs> yeah. like, no, it's cool. Yeah. You can just, you, them. you yeah. can just step on somebody's Prada shoes in yeah. the subway. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Well, there's a lot of people who take Ubers like 90% of the time. And then the off time they take the subway, they see a homeless person or like somebody spanges or dances on the subway and then they write a New York Times op-ed about it, demanding yeah. that New York City get cleaned up. Well, you know, the, all the people that talk shit about public transit, uh, we're not talking shit in, what was it, 2011, when Hurricane Sandy came and knocked the public transit out for like two, three days, because you saw at that moment in time, everybody trying to get to work that week, what it looks like when you don't have like several million people able to take the subway. I was... Uh, working a job and I was driving a box truck and I had to get from the rental facility, which was on like 30 something street, uh, just to the tunnel and two avenues cross town took me two and a half hours. Great. That's, that's how the city works without great the train, system. So I was when the whole time we've been, you know, we've been taking the subway everywhere and I, I like it a lot. The whole, the whole time I was thinking no city in America is ever going to do this again. That's true. Yeah. This yeah. is never going to happen anywhere else. I'm glad I'm getting to experience it here before it probably gets gutted for Tesla tunnels or whatever, whatever they do. The Hyperloop. Yeah. Right? The Hyperloop. And it was funny, too, because I was thinking, like, New York has this reputation as being a nanny state, overbearing, won't let, you know, especially with, like, the Bloomberg uh, soda taxes and all that shit, which makes sense. It's a valid criticism. But in terms of like overbearing state, like not letting you, not letting people fuck up and like we don't have, you know, social Darwinism anymore or whatever because of the uh, safety net or because of the way things are catered towards the lowest common denominator. I don't know about that because I see, I, when I'm, I'm looking at a train going 200 miles an hour and I could just stick my arm into it <laughs> and blow it off. I'm like, this city's cool. The city's like kind of <laughs> fucked up. Like literally, I was just like, there's not really many guardrails here against dying. And I looked over yeah. and it was literally a two foot guardrail extending from one side of the platform and then just stopping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then nothing. I was like, I, I don't know. It's so, it's so funny to me. Maybe it's a California thing. Maybe it's, a, it's probably a modern thing. It's probably more of a, because the subway was built fairly many years ago, yeah. I'm assuming. Over 100 where, years ago. Yeah. Where it would just look more like a roller coaster with guardrails everywhere and like you got to enter through the, the whatever door. Yeah, and, like those newer ones that are built in East Asia where they've got like the big, the, it blocks you, the plexiglass yeah. blocks you from falling onto the train tracks and shit like that. They tried to propose that with, with our subways, but they probably they will built. put those in. Like because, I could just uh, jump down there. I could just jump down in the track. You could people do. There was nobody stopping all the time. time. Yeah. yeah, but you just watch how soft those regions get now. They're going to get super soft. <laughs> uh, I was at uh, I was taking the train years and years ago, and there's these two kids on the platform. This is at Smith and Ninth Street, and they both have skateboards in their hands. And this was during the Bloomberg years, so like the cops were really ferocious about any little quality of life thing. 
the one kid puts his board down for a second and just stands on it. But you're not supposed to ride your skateboard on the subway. So all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, Bloomberg's New York, there's like 17 cops just all converge on this Thank kid. God. And the kid fucking, the kids like start to like push back at the cops. So the cops start pepper spraying and everybody on the platform. In the subway? Sits, yeah. That's, well, this is above ground. Okay. Every, like the wind is blowing. So everybody gets pepper sprayed. Yep. So now I was like, oh. That's no, good. Now nobody's going to commit a crime. Yeah, now <laughs> nobody can because they can't see shit. So the end of the story is the kid jumps down onto the tracks, like you're saying, and he starts to like run down the subway tracks. The cot, like a, a train pulls into the station. Thank God the kid was like far enough away from it and it stops and the cops commandeered the fucking subway oh and they're like God. and they started chasing the kids down the tracks with the fucking train car and everyone on the platform is like what the fuck while we're all crying because we all got back see down. seattle this is why this is why we need a subway system in seattle we'll just pitch yeah. it to the cops that instead of hitting a pedestrian at 70 miles yeah hour, you can hit pedestrians at 120 or yeah. 200 or however fast they go imagine the power and the speed and the bone churning ability to destroy people if yeah. you have a subway train that you can chase people down with officer it does suck though because there's not going to be any cars to hit during your high speed pursuit mm. yeah <laughs> no no further at- you you'd probably hit other trains you could derail oh, another yeah, train yeah, yeah. There you could you do go. a pit maneuver on another train <laughs> <laughs> you can just shoot a lot of dog sized rats on the way <laughs> Oh, I'm kind of disappointed on the amount of rats I have not seen. I've only seen one rat. Uh, well, you haven't spent enough time in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen... Actually, I ended up spending a lot of time here on accident, but, like, uh, yeah, I've only seen one. You weren't one. here on garbage night, I've only apparently. seen one good rat, and, it, you know, it was, it was a good rat. It was a good rat, a cute rat, but uh, it, was, it was a little shy, and I was kind of bummed on that, but... Only one rat. We saw two rats in Philly uh, from from the place we were staying. We looked down, and I saw two little rats chasing each other. It was really That's cute. That's nice. That's wholesome. See, Philadelphia gives you guys the real welcome when New York doesn't. Our Philly show is great, man. We... Thank you to everyone who came out. If yeah, you're listening yeah. right now, we're going to... Yeah, thank you for being insane, coming yeah. to that show. Yeah. yeah. It was um, awesome. I didn't know it was going to be a Cro-Mag show. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the pit opened up, yeah. man. That was crazy. Uh, well, there's your problem, I must say. Uh, Andy suggested this before we started, that they should have a well, there's your problem about uh, the, the live show the <laughs> yeah, other yeah. night because they're technical. The legendary 912 <laughs> Franklin Music Hall disaster. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was fantastic. Um, and it was great for me because, yeah, if you weren't there, uh, well, there's your problem, had Alice Skyping in. Mm. Uh, and so they were trying, I guess, trying to figure that out for like an hour and a half on stage, on like stage. during their set. It wasn't an hour and a half, but <laughs> it was it, a long time. It, their full, <laughs> like a long time. Their full set was like two hours. So I guess yeah, they probably spent like close to an hour trying to get that. But I wasn't paying attention to that hour. I mm. I had just we had just finished performing and I was taking a break for the first time that day, uh, and then. Uh, Tony told me that they might call us up on stage or that they said they were going to call us up at the stage. And I was like, shit, I guess I better yeah, pay, pay attention. attention. <laughs> yeah. And I went over and I watched their set. And I think it had just like started in earnest. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great, so great good. stuff. Yeah, they did so the fun. centrally uh, coal mine burning disaster. Yeah, the perpetual really coal mine. Yeah, um, yeah great. Um, their, their listeners, well, there's your problem. Listeners are psychopaths. Psychopaths. Uh, I mean, thank you for coming. Uh, we, uh, you know, sold a lot of tickets. Two people are fucking animals. We had, <laughs> we went on stage. I was, ba- I was back in the green room because I was still working on our, our set while Antifada was up. And so I couldn't really, I didn't really know it was going to be like that. <laughs> we got, we got up and just immediately they were screaming at us. Yeah. <laughs> just like f- fucking shout. Awesome. Like there was yeah. one girl in the front, 
I was like, is she mad at me? <laughs> we haven't even said that much. What the fuck is going on? And then, but they were just like riffing. They were yeah, like, they were, scre- riffing. they were screaming riffs at us the whole time, like literally the whole time. Like shaking fist riffing. Like, cause that's what was confusing. There was like literal like fist shaking, yelling jokes. And they, they it were was fucking awesome. standing up like the last angry man. And you, to, I, to only knew, I only knew they didn't hate, hate us because of the people around them were laughing with <laughs> yeah, it. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. They must not, I was like, they well, must they're be still fine. here. Yeah. It was effective yeah. heckling, I must yeah, say. Yeah, it was great. I hope great. when we release the the audio from that, they get some of that heckling. Hopefully, it was, like, yeah. it's, it, it was loud as fuck. Because you'll hear Andy and I stop while we're doing our little like dialogue stuff and just like cracking up because of the bullshit that these yeah. people were yelling <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah, it's awesome. Respect to them. Respect we're going to release crowd. the audio definitely from the Littlefield show uh, as a bonus on our main feed. And... Our, our bit's a little bit antagonistic to the crowd, so I was mm. thinking like I could step that up a notch by wearing a Mets hat at the Philly show, oh, but yeah. I'm really glad I didn't. I think no, that would have been... That would have been a step too far. Yeah, we yeah. would have had some hoagies thrown at us or something. That, was, that crowd was like a coiled snake ready to strike. <laughs> if you had antagonized them anymore, you might have got... Well, well, the user problem like, did go a little long, right? And so the, the bartender... <laughs> like pulls me aside and is like, "Hey, what's going on? Can you like tell your friends to stop?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really like know them like that, but they, they, they were just so confused because like it was like, a music venue. It's, it's called yeah. Music Hall. It's called Franklin yeah, Music Hall. Music right in the they didn't know like, they didn't know how to do like a fucking slideshow. And the sound guys were like, "Oh, this is gonna be easy," and it turned out being super complicated what they were trying to do. But the the bartender was like. They're talking. I don't know what's happening, but they're. This does not seem like it makes sense. The reaction I'm seeing from the crowd does not equate what they're seeing on the stage because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. They're not like it was so funny. Just the confusion that what uh, were some of the chants? A, a ravenous, a ravenous podcast crowd. Yeah, can, can, can get. What were some of the chants they were doing? Do you remember any, Ani? They're chanting wheels. I don't know what that meant. Wheels. They chanted Alice at one point. There's oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot. We we They're got chanting the boner. Chanted, chanting boner. A reference to our bit. Uh, and it, when you listen to as a patron, when you subscribe at patreon.com slash the antifada and listen to our live set, you'll know why they were chanting boner at us. They were chant. They, they it were because Andy pulls out. Yeah, well, you'll. I got an erection yeah. during this. <laughs> anytime you mentioned any sort of like infrastructure, they would they would be like turn pipe, turn pipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great fans. I man. wish I just chanted trains. Trains, uh, trains, I got, trains. I got a great... Uh, chanting trains. Yeah. I feel like chanting trains constantly. I got, a, I got a train good car bad sticker. I'm nice. really hyped about that. That's one of their good bits. You know, put I, it on your train? I'm going to put it on my train. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I stayed late too. You know, Rax went home on the, on the Amtrak. Yeah, we the already knew the that show. the Amtrak was going to be delayed. Like they told <laughs> us our train had been canceled. So she's like, I'm going back early. I'm going to get on the 1030. I was like, oh, I got the midnight train. I'm sure it'll be fine. So I stuck around. There wasn't actually time for us to go up and do, um, you know, a guest appearance on their thing. My Amtrak train was delayed four hours. I got on the train at 4 a.m., Got into Penn Station at fucking 6 a.m. It was a terrible, awful night. Amtrak has been failing me so often. This is supposed to be a pro train episode. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to say train good, car bad, but I couldn't in that instance. Should have got an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) What do we want to talk about? Well, I got, I mean, I got more train. I got better train stuff. Oh, please. Put the bad taste out of of our mouths uh, for that. Um, I learned a lot of stuff on the subway. I learned that it's wrong to shame women for their underarms, which is -hmm. is new. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate this is what I'm talking about when I say New York's so nice. Never heard that in any other state. Um, but but are, those are ads 
Are those ads for like an underarm hair removal thing? No. It's just Dove. Okay. Which is like soap, so like our soap or deodorant. Armpit ads. hair is cool. We love it. But it was like it was also don't shame people for not having armpit hair. It was oh. it was what the host of the book reading said. No, nobody's anything. Nobody is anything. It yeah. does, it's not long hair's not good, but it's not bad. Shaved arms aren't good, but they're not bad. So we take the uh, Dove soap, ninety nine forty four hundredths pure pledge. That we will not judge you for having long hair, short hair, armpit hair, no armpit hair, for being a, a communist, for being a fascist. Right. Yeah, just why would they judge, judge anyone? They don't know who they are. It's a company. They can't judge you. <laughs> no, they're telling us. They're, you judge they're helping them. us be better. I'm saying to Dove Soap, only God can judge me. <laughs> no, it's, it's like some, it's some ad campaign, and it was like six out of ten women admit to judging other women's armpits. <laughs> It's like a PSA. Yeah, it's an yeah, after school like, special. Why for does every corporate awareness. have to be like a fucking PSA? I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just happy that we finally have an opportunity to like tell women to stop taking down women. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an anti-woman anti anti campaign. <laughs> women be gossipy bitches. We at Dove Soap <laughs> reject. Sometimes they be your own people. <laughs> Hey folks, Sean KB here. Uh, just a reminder that our show relies on your support. So if you enjoy what we do and you want to hear more excellent bonus content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash theantifada. It's cheap, there's a ton of content, and it would mean everything to us. So thank you, and we'll see you behind the paywall. <laughs>